Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. Today, you're going to listen to Penny Stock Guru's study session number seven. I really hope you're enjoying study sessions as I am. And I really hope that you're actually taking time to even read the Penny Stock for Dummies book and compare and contrast his notes. It's always good to get other people's perspectives, especially if you're willing to do some of the reading yourself. If you're unable to read it or you just really don't like reading, I can understand that too. As I've said on previous episodes, he's doing a good job breaking down each section, excuse me, each chapter. And I consider a lot of the information he's providing some good cliff notes. It's very helpful, right? It's, it's like running a race and you already know, you know, what shortcuts to take if you choose to take them. So please continue to read the book if you're reading it. Highlight, you know, study. Identify in each chapter what's important to you and what stands out. And then go ahead and listen to either uh, the uh, watch the video that he's putting on YouTube or go ahead and listen to the audio version. And that's why I'm putting it uh, with his grace on the podcast. So what you're going to listen to right now is chapter seven. Welcome back. This is PSG. Today we're going to be reviewing chapter seven entitled Picking a Winner. Who doesn't like to pick a winner? Picking winners bring a good track record and everybody likes to make money with winners. Hopefully you've done your reading. Um, last week we did review chapter six entitled Research and Investment Strategies that did help kind of tailor things and hopefully some things are starting to stick. Um, those who are taking OTC training camp that I like to call it, um, serious, I do feel like they'll grow because um, you get a lot of people that get spoiled uh, just on buying whatever other people buy and seeing profits. So this is really challenging us to become those those really good investors that, that stay around for a long time. So we're picking a winner today. Um, narrowing your options is gonna be something we review. Putting trust in the right sources. Using screeners to improve your odds and refining your search manually. So being able to really tailor things down to find some good quality winners for the type of trading style you have. Narrowing your choices um, and eliminating your, uh, um, minimizing, I would say, your criteria. So market, industry, share price, company size, and trading activity are five things that the, that the, um, the book does touch on. So regarding the market, um, understanding that lower quality stocks trade in smaller markets, um, lower markets, I'm sorry, and with those lower markets, you are going to find a lot of companies that don't have a lot of quality. Um, we've made videos in the past as well on the podcast to kind of help you to sift through to be able to find quality companies in the OTC. Because the book does stress and double down on why they do not like trading in um, the OTC, pink sheets, lower quality stocks because they are higher risk. These are smaller companies. Some of them could be scam related. But if you understand how to sift through and find good winners, then you can stay away from the scam in the low quality companies. Industry is important as well. 
Um, I like to trade in trending industries to be able to really see my pro my portfolio grow. Um, as always, um, take what you see fit only. Within the industries, they fluctuate throughout the year. So as you invest more and you stay around for a while, you become more fond of having an eye of seeing how the markets fluctuate in and out of different industries. Share price, wow, excuse me. <laughs> Share price is very important as well. Um, being able to understand if you're gonna be trading only stocks between triple zero one, which is 0 0.0001 and maybe 10 cents, understanding a lot how these these companies might roll and operate versus if you're trading companies around the 50 cent range trading in a lot higher quality markets. Um, and usually the idea is the higher price per share, the more quality the stock is. It might necessarily not, it might not necessarily mean that they're making more money, excuse me, more money or more profitable, but the idea is the higher price per share, um, the more legit uh, the company should be as far as paying their fees, financials, things of that sort. Company size is important as well. You need to do your research and understand um, what market capitalization is. Are you going to be trading stocks that only have a market cap of 100 million or more? Or are you only going to be trading stocks that have a market cap between 5 million or less? Um, it does take time to develop different strategies in different markets. So I do feel like through my experience, the OTC has prepared me for other markets. Um, it, but I will say um, it's taking years to get some of this stuff down. So for those just jumping in, just understand you have to put in your work and your time to understand different markets and your different strategies you can have with your approach to different markets. Um, they also have a portion in the book where they um, explain how they're not fond of trading stocks, penny stocks outside of the American market because the idea is if you can't find quality companies on your homeland while we're going abroad to invest automatically work for you so that's what the book goes off of in my opinion from what i've gotten from reading the, this over the years um, but i do feel it goes back to um, how you can do your due diligence because you can make money here or abroad depending on your experience so i do feel your willpower makes a difference as well Avoiding also knowing what companies to avoid in certain industries um, because the price per share might not be moving much. Typically, I mean, airlines, some different banking and insurance companies, holding companies, lawyers and lobbyists, nonprofits, unions, education companies. Um, they're just telling you to understand within each industry, um, doing your due diligence to know um, the different competitors or the different risk involved. Who do you trust? This is one of my favorite parts of this chapter. Who do you trust? Who? I do feel like it should be you. I know one other than you. Um, through my years of research and experience, I'll definitely say I didn't always used to trust me. Over the years, I buy things because others did, but it's also forced me to trust me more because I was losing money. And nothing's like losing money for a pick that not necessarily that it wasn't yours, but just that person probably didn't have your best interest at heart. So I would definitely say it, made me, it forced me to make, I'm sorry, take a lot of accountability. Also, um, I like the way they point out um, three things, three keys uh, as far as um, who you, how you should put your 
trust in you, I'd say. So remain constant, have a will to improve, and have your own best interests at heart. So don't be holding on to some of these stocks look just because someone else told you about it or because they're telling you to buy more or they're guilting those who have sold. Whatever goals you have for your portfolio, be sure to make decisions when the odds are in the your favor of your portfolio. That's the best way I can describe these things. Number one, to improve will separate you from the the rest because as the OTC has changed, a lot of people have sat on their hands and complained how things were better in the past versus adjusting to the new OTC, quote unquote. Companies are current. Companies, yes, they still can dilute. Um, this should force you that much more to be in tune to know what's going on with the company, whether you're emailing them, reaching out to the IR, um, whether you're doing your due diligence outside of market hours. Um, there's some people that only show up when the market's open. Um, that's a terrible approach to something you want to be successful, decent, or good at. Some want to be great, so they you know they put in the work, standing outside of market hours and understanding why companies might have been running. Considering the motives of others, I think has helped me over the years because I would see people with different track records kind of sometimes let success get to their head and the market humbles all. Um, the reason I say that is because no one's always going to pick winners. Sometimes these companies don't fall through. Sometimes these companies lie to us. Yes, this has happened. Yes, we've had companies lie to us, put out financials or, or filings, and then reverse split right when the market closed. Boom. So, yes, it does happen, but being able to also do your due diligence to stay away from CEOs with those type of track records, I will say, does help um, a lot. Paid advertisements, um, they call it the wolf in sheep's clothing. Understanding the motive of a paid advertisement to push the price per share. There's people on Twitter you'll see that are paid promoters. Um, you'll see them pumping stocks that are moving and aren't moving. I would just best simply put, don't get involved with any of that. Buy your shares out of the market and do your own due diligence because depending on what track record they have, some people will just block people on Twitter so that they can't expose them versus experiencing time, you'll start seeing those people sift each other out or put each other on blast where you can find out you know, who's that wolf in sheep's clothing. So track record is very important. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, no one's always going to pick a winner. So the market does keep you humble and knowing, yes, if a company provides value and follows through, then it will move due to the company organically growing. Um, some pump and dumps by some promoters, you need to start looking at these charts, studying the historical, see why the company's moving. It's all right to learn from the sidelines. I mean... You can learn so much before you just put your money in and you're upset and now you're hoping the company moves just because you bought high of the day or the 52-week high. I don't give a damn what the story has going on. If you're buying at the 52-week high, the odds are usually not in your favor. Stock screeners, um, I, I do like those a lot. I do feel like you need to be in tune with do your, your due diligence on the company and then also being able to do your due diligence on stock screener as far as playing with volume, um, percentage gains or losses to find what what type of trading style, what pattern you like tailored to your portfolio. 
we all have different trading styles and approaches to the market. So I would say finding your niche is uh, very important for growth. I do have a video where I tap on uh, scans as well. And I, I literally show you how I tailor my uh, some of my stock screeners and what I look for. So if that's a value to you, you can go watch that video as well. And as always, um, apply only what you see fit. The, the book taps on um, when screening your screens uh, to get even more focused. So what they tap on is uh, why they may or may not invest into a company um, based on their class of shares, their name, the industry, specific na uh, nations. Um, the example they used regarding specific nations was along the lines of if it was based in China, but trading on the US market and also reporting unreliable financially information, um, I'm sorry, unreliable financial information. These are red flags we have to see and make sense of when you're doing your due diligence. Don't just hope for the best. Do your due diligence and have your leading factors on why you're going to take a starter in a company or why you're going to double down and average up or average down on a company. So that's important. It's very important that you put this time in outside of market hours to really become a student of this game. I love that the book also points on what the stocks, excuse me, what the stock screeners won't tell you. As I mentioned, it's important to do your due diligence about a company outside of the stock screeners and then to be able to use the stock screeners. So it's just two different worlds where I feel like they're very important to be able to understand and be able to put together to really help you be a better investor. Uh, within those stock, what stock screeners won't tell you, um, the management effectiveness, they have no way to be able to assess the quality of executives. This is stuff you got to do your due diligence outside of market hours on looking at the CEO, the board of directors, their track record, the IR. I mean, the, these things are all important. Does it seem like a lot of work? Yes. Um, if you want to do this as a day job, then yes, it's going to take you putting in that work. Um, the competitors, knowing what other competitors they might have within that market, uh, the different trends, the comparative values, the growth and de decline of the industry. Um, this is an industry that not really it doesn't really have the best reputation where you need to ask yourself the question of how long you plan on standing in this company um you have the value of intangibles like trademarks patents copyrights these are things are very important and that can help a company or hurt a company if they haven't done these things or if they even own the rights to these things legal battles are important as well screeners are not going to show you that if they're in a lawsuit with a, a Fortune 500 company because of a patent infringement or something, um, it's important to know that because a lot of times these big companies will just take a will take a settlement and, and pay them off to keep it almost hush hush, so to speak. So you need to know um, if they're in it with that type of lawsuit or they've been sued for um, using someone else's uh, uh, trademark. So just understand the difference. I think it's very important. These legal battles can scare off investors. And if you understand that, then it can help you uh, kind of give you a stronger suit of armor in the OTC world on the mental side. 
Well, that does it for this uh, week, chapter seven. As I mentioned, it was about 13, 14 pages. Hopefully you made time to grow this week and learn a few things. The market has been down and that should give you even more aspiration to want to learn what the hell is going on. If you're, hold, sit, if you're holding your hands or sitting on them when the market is down, not growing, not wanting to look at the market because you feel like it's too much, it's make, putting you in a bad mood. Just understand you're only stunning your own growth. It's the best way I can say it. Chapter A is going to be um, picking penny stock manias. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to chapter A next week. Uh, we'll be back and hopefully you got something out of this. As I'm, I always say, I'm not a financial advisor. This is just information I've learned from reading different investment books and actually putting in some work. Hopefully this may be of value to you. As always, if not, take care. This concludes today's study session. As always, please, if you can, rate, write a review if the platform you're listening to allow you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests or even would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at pennystopwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystopwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.